listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Have you ever wanted to meet your hero? There's actually a system and strategy for connecting with the people that you look up to the most. Today's guest is Travis Chappell. He is the host of not one, but two top-rated podcasts, Build Your Network and World Class. He was also recently featured in Forbes as a top 10 podcast host that will change your life. In today's episode, Travis is going to share with us his effective five-step framework for meeting your hero. For links to resources mentioned during this episode, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 071. And now here is my conversation with Travis Chappell. Travis, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. Alex, what's up, man? Hey, so excited to have you with us here today. Yes, sir. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You know, I actually read a, a book that you published called Meet Your Hero, and we're going to get into that today. It was a book that you actually gave me after you were keynoting a in-person conference. And obviously, we like our content to be evergreen, but it's still 2020 when we're recording this. And for people's knowledge, we used to actually go to conferences in person and meet people <laughs> that were speaking. And Travis, you were you were a keynote at this Crazy. conference, right? <laughs> it's so weird how times have changed. When I tell people that, they're like, wow, we used to shake hands and hug. I can't believe it. <laughs> For real though. Yeah, I mean, that was literally the last thing that I did before quarantine. That conference was like, what, a week and a half before the national quarantine was announced. So we barely, barely uh, just kind of squeaked by under under the radar on that one. Yeah, I went back to my office for two days after attending that conference, came back to Jacksonville, Florida, two days in the office, and they're like, we're shutting it down. So and uh, I've been sitting in my living room ever since haven't moved yet. So yeah, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> anyway, for our good. topic today. Yeah, it's, it's good. You know, we're, we're getting the opportunity to c- connect this way. And this works as well. So True. this, uh, this book, Meet Your Hero is actually about connecting with the people you admire most. Can you talk to us about why you wrote this and, and a little bit your experience with it before we jump into the five steps? Yeah, sure, man. So it was kind of born out of necessity for me. Basically, I started my podcast like three years ago um, now at this point. Um, and my goal from the beginning was to always just have good content. I, I, had, I had this Steve Martin quote that I put on the top of my whiteboard in my office when I first started doing this, you know, trying this online space and podcasting. And it was be so good, they can't ignore you. And Steve Martin is somebody who really embodied that, right? I mean, he came up in this really difficult time when it was really difficult to be famous, especially in the uh, in the comedy world, I view as even being a little bit more difficult because there's so many gatekeepers, like there's so many people that made decisions that chose people that uh, that were almost allowed to become famous and uh, you know, there was no YouTube or, you know, discovery phase on TikTok or Vine or Instagram back then, you know what I mean? Like you had to do the traditional process and Steve Martin crushed it and became one of the most famous, you know, comedians of all time. And so I just always had that quote there. And, but the problem is at the beginning, Alex is like, and you know, this being a podcaster yourself at the beginning, you suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. everything you create is just not good because you're starting exactly. from scratch, just like anybody starting a new thing. You know what I mean? So I, I was just like at the beginning, I was like, the only way that I know how to make my content really good right now is to get really good people on my show. Yeah, I, I just knew that it wasn't going to be anything that I did. It wasn't anything. It was not on me at all. So right. Um, my show happened to be about networking. It's called Build Your Network. And so I, I basically, it was kind of this 
help the self-help loop almost because I would learn stuff on my show from really great guests about how to network better. And then I would use that information to go get better and better guests on my show. And it just kind of became this big loop that kept bringing in really amazing guests for my show. And after doing it for a while and just coming out of nowhere, cause I didn't have any previous connections at all. I actually grew up in a really uh, kind of strict religious bubble um, that really prevented me from having any sort of outside connections. And, and so when I was starting, I was quite literally starting from scratch in terms of my connections and things, but within, you know, a year or so, I was able to get some really heavy hitters uh, in the business space, people who were really difficult to get a hold of, and I was able to get them on my show. And so um, people weren't necessarily asking me questions about, you know, how to monetize or like how to grow an audience or anything like that. The number one question that kept, com kept coming up over and over again was, how have you gotten so-and-so on your show? Hey, I saw that you just interviewed so-and-so. I tried for, you know, three months to reach out in this way and that way, and I'd never got a hold. How did you get a hold of it? Did you talk to somebody? Like, how did you do that? And so that question just kind of kept coming up over and over again. And eventually I was just like, you know what, what could I create for my audience that would just be like a really cool, helpful resource. And I put together this course and the course is called meet your hero. And it's a completely free course. Um, that just has a few videos in there that basically kind of went through my reach out process. I uh, went through the process that I go through anytime I'm trying to get a new guest, uh, that's high level or, you know, difficult to get in contact with, uh, on my show. And so, um, I put that course out there and, and started having people go through it and just, you know, some people just had some amazing results with it. And, uh, when I was uh, deciding to run my first event, I wanted to do something cool. I was there and I was just like, Oh, it'd be cool to have like a book signing. And I was like, the problem is I don't have a book. <laughs> so I, <laughs> that I, is a problem. Uh, yeah. So I, I basically, um, uh, kind of hacked the system a little bit, uh, to be honest with you, I took the course material, I had it transcribed, I took a brought in a ghostwriter, and then a few edits back and forth, adding some content, putting some th different things in there to make sure it was optimized for reading and not for watching videos. Um, we came out with the book, Meet Your Hero, um, which basically uh, helps people do the same thing, like it helps you get in touch with people. Now, it doesn't really help you with what to do after you get a hold of them, but uh, but uh, that, that's why it's just the meet your hero part. It's just the part of like, hey, let's get you in front of this person and then, and then kind of go from there. So um, that's kind of what brought the book about. Yeah, a couple of things I want to comment on. First off, creating a brand. Thank you so much for listening since day one. Those of you that have been with me, because as Travis said, neither of us were that great at the beginning. So uh, mom, thank you for listening. And yeah. anyone else who happened to yeah. be there. But Uncle, uh, something, Steve, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the few people that were there. But uh, over time, you get better because you actually learn from the people that are your guests, right? You're actually able yeah. to to pick up how to ask better questions and feedback from from the audience as well. They're actually saying it would be really cool if you'd ask this person this question. Right. Helps you really formulate better questions. So I think that's great. That, that you mentioned that. And also uh, the other thing you just, you mentioned is, is once you actually get a hold of these people, that's up to each of us, how we, we want to show up for those individuals when we meet our hero, that's, that's going to be up to us. But today I definitely want to focus on how we get in front of them. And after I read this book, I have to say, first off, very wise of you to, to change a course into a book. I don't think that's hacking or cheating in any way. I think that's a great, a very great uh, use of repurposing content. But uh, with that said, when I read this, I was really blown away because I'm somebody who I consider myself to be a pretty good connector, but I really realized that there was another level I could take this thing to after reading your book. And because of that, I wanted you to speak to the creating a brand audience about it because I think it's just so valuable. So with that said, let me provide an overview for the listeners today so they know what you're going to be sharing with them. First, it's build your list, build your request, reach out to your list, then the five elements of an effective message, 
And lastly, fruitful follow-up. Travis, let's go ahead and dive into this. Yeah, sure. So the the big thing starting with that with that first one that you mentioned, um, build your list. A lot of times this can be the most important part of the entire process for everybody because typically people leave their network up to chance. Um, I, in, in all the time I've been doing my show now and talking about networking, I haven't talked to anybody that doesn't view networking as important. I haven't talked to anybody that doesn't view relationships as being a crucial part to success. And yet I find people all the time that don't ever purposefully go out and build a network in the area they're trying to be successful in, in an effort to try to learn more or get more opportunities or help more people. Like I, it blows my mind how many people are just not purposeful about it. So the first thing that I start with in that, in that, um, us in in that five-step process there is to build your list because you got to know where you're going. You have to be able to keep track of like, you know, I would like to talk to so-and-so let's go ahead and add them to this list. Oh, did I reach out? Did I get a response? Did they ignore me? Like you have to have a list and you have to tend to that list. And it's good to have the list too, just to honestly like put your intentions out into the world, just like write it out on paper. There's a, there's a unique power in that to say that like, you know, I want these types of people um, on my list. And then, uh, and then after you create that list, yeah, you got to start building your, uh, request, uh, uh and, and you got to start, you got to start trying to think of their perspective. Why is this person, especially if they're busy or have a lot of followers or a lot of demands on their time, why is this person going to give me the time of day? You know what I mean? And you have to come up with a good reason for that. And this is why I'm such a huge proponent of podcasting and content creation or platform creation. Like if you're a you know blogger, podcaster, YouTuber, that's what I mean by platform. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a speaker, you have a meetup or whatever. Um, you have to have a platform, in my opinion, because it makes this part of the process so much easier. If you don't have a real reason to be reaching out to these people, then they're probably not going to say yes to anything that you're asking them for, especially if it's too big of an ask. If you're coming in and saying like, hey, you know, I want you to be a part of this new project that I have. And it's like, okay, well, uh, first off, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know (laughs) who you are, right? So having like a podcast or some form of, like I said, some platform, some form of content creation that allows you to be able to just ask for something that's just as easy as of a yes, as just like a quick podcast appearance or, you know, uh, an interview for my YouTube channel or something like that. Uh, really, really makes it a lot easier for people. But um, if you don't want to have, if you don't want to do that, you don't have one, um, then you have to figure out what is my unique request and how can I be as crystal clear as possible? Like don't put multiple requests in there. Um, don't bog down people, keep it really short, sweet to the point, And then, um, and then get to get to your request and do it pretty quickly. Cause like, again, pe- busy people don't like to waste time. They have a lot of demands on their time. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't elaborate on some giant story unless it's extremely relevant. Like if you're reaching out to an influencer that really affected your life in an awesome way and there's no way for them to understand how holistically they did that and you have to tell this story, then people will obviously love reading. That's more like fan mail with like a quick request at the end, right? So, uh, but that's going to be few and far between. That obviously isn't going to happen with every single person you're reaching out to. So uh, right. make your list, uh, build your request. And, and, and by the way, in uh, before you build that request, you got to do a little bit of research to try to understand how can I appeal to what this person wants? What is this person? Are they promoting a book right now? Are they, did they just come out with a course or like, uh, is, is there something that I can do 
that makes this request more advantageous for them to say yes? Not how does it help me? How does it help them focus on the other person? So make your list, build your request, and then you have to, you got to craft your actual message that you're going to send out to that. And then, you know, in the course and in the book, we have just complete template uh, templates that you can take away, just kind of swipe copy that we've, you know, tested obviously through hundreds and hundreds of reach outs in the last couple of years. Um, and then, um, and then you got to start reaching out at some point you got to just take action and, uh, reach out to those people. And it's going to feel weird because like, especially if it's somebody that you've followed for a long time, you know, if you're following Simon Sinek for three years and you've read all of his books and you're a super fan, you watched his Ted talks and, um, listen to his, you know, stuff. Like when you reach out to him, it's going to feel weird. Cause it's like, Oh, this is like a person that I've never been able to have contact with. And now I'm trying to pretend like I'm going to be able to get a response. Well, like if you let yourself, if you tell yourself that you're never going to get a response, then you're never going to reach out because you're expecting to not get a response. But if you just, mm. if you just start reaching out to those people, you'll be surprised at some of the people who reach back out to you or, or that respond at least with a thank you or no thank you. You know, it might be a rejection, but Hey, at least they responded. Like now I'm on their radar, at least, you know what I mean? I can refer to this conversation if I was able to meet them in person at an event or, you know, if we ever get back to that uh, kind of stuff. But eventually you just got to start reaching out and I don't have any tips or tricks around about, about that, except for like, you just got to do it. Um, and then my, my biggest, uh, my biggest, you know, quote unquote tip for that would be to don't just use one platform. So if you like to use email and you're just going to reach out to all your people on your list on email, then you're probably missing out on a huge chunk of people that would respond potentially if you just reached out on a different platform. Like if you reached out on Instagram DM or if you tweeted at them or if you um, uh, sent a like LinkedIn mail to them or like whatever, like they, they, try to try multiple platforms, monitor which platforms they're most active on, or if they have a certain call to action that they're trying to get right now, you know what I mean? Like some people will be like, Oh yeah, we're trying to, you know, do more stuff on Instagram. So go check out my Instagram. And if they're doing that, then they're probably spending a good amount of time on there. And they have probably at least a team member that's monitoring or, or, uh, using their Instagram account. Uh, so uh, they're probably going to be a little bit more responsive on there. Um, and we have some different tips and stuff for using Instagram a little bit better. Um, I think in the book as well as the course as well. So, um, and then after that, follow up, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta follow up with people. You can't just reach out once and then be done. Um, most literally most interactions, most people that say yes, didn't say yes to me on the first time. It was, uh, you know, some people literally took months, some people literally took years, um, to, to finally get a yes. So if that means enough to you, you just gotta be persistent and professional in your follow-up. So, um, that should, uh, I think that that should cover it. We'll get right back to today's episode, but first I want to share the number one organic marketing strategy for growing your brand. It's called podcast guesting. Whether you're an established business owner or an entrepreneur that's just getting started, being a guest on podcast is the smartest marketing move that you can make. To help you become a successful guest, I've put together a 12-step guide for podcast guesting, which will explain everything from the gear you need to quickly finding the ideal podcast to be a guest on. If you'll visit creatingabrand.com slash guest, you'll be able to get started immediately. No email or registration required. I trust that this 12-step guide will serve you well in your podcast guesting journey. And now let's get back to today's episode. And I want to get into the five elements of an effective message in a moment here. Before we do that, I have a couple of questions along the way with what you just shared. First off, with building your list, you're talking about having people in the same 
industry or same focus, if you will, uh, do you find it just shouldn't be random people? Like you shouldn't make a list of, and how many people should it be? You shouldn't just build a list of all the people that you've ever dreamed of meeting. Like it should be somewhat focused, you're saying? Yes. Um, you, what I tell people is have like almost list segmentations to where you're building like a list of, you know, the people that you like your dream list, like it, like, so for me on that list is people like, you know, the rock and Shaquille O'Neal and, you know, Pete, like the untouchables. Um, right. I, like, I, again, I just think it's good to put that out into the universe and just be like, I, these would be dream interviews for me. I'm not sure how they're going to happen, but I know that if I keep my head down and just keep doing this for a long enough time, I'm going to find a way, you know what I mean? That's kind of what that says to me when I write those names down. Right. Um, it, it like makes it a little bit more realistic. Um, I think when I, when I, when I kind of put it out there, so that'd be another one. Uh, the, the, another one would be, um, a list of names of people that are in your industry that you care to reach out to or that you highly respect or have high ad admiration for. So, you know, as a podcaster, people on that list for me, at, uh, when I was starting my show, would be people like John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn and Jordan Harbinger, uh, people who are just really well known and prominent in the podcasting space or independent, you know, business podcasting space, um, specifically. And, uh, and, th and those people are going to be a lot easier to get in touch with than those untouchables. But if they're like really good at what they do and still really busy, then, you know, I just, I, I kind of got unlucky because I happened to choose an industry that, um, where the people that were at the top of the industry were also really freaking busy and had a lot of demands on their time because they're like, <laughs> right. micro, they're like micro celebrities is really what they are. You know what I mean? They're yep. micro niche famous. Um, and, um, and, uh, so it was not the same as, you know, somebody who might want to reach out to, uh, you know, somebody in who's just killing it in this other space because that person's not famous at all they're just, they just do what they do really well. And it might be a lot easier to get a hold of that person. So that doesn't necessarily, I just want to make that clarification there because it doesn't necessarily mean that you got to go find the famous people in your industry. You just got to find the people that are doing it the best. Um, and I think that th there's a lot of value in that list as well. And then, and then I make another list. I, I, I have people make another list of like people who would for sure say yes to the requests that they have. Like people that they know that are currently in their network or inner circle. And you might not have a very big list like this. I certainly didn't when I started, um, when you're starting out. But you, know, you can continue to add more people to that list. People who you know, are maybe on a similar to um, somewhat higher level than the level you're operating on right now um, that are going to for sure be pretty easy to be able to get to say yes. You know what I mean? So you definitely want a little have a few different list segmentations and then um, what, what I, what I tell people is like, when you start reaching out to that list or one of those lists, your first few reach outs should be people that do similar things. Um, because it's just going to have this kind of snowball effect to it that it usually would not have, you know, like if you're reaching out to, a um, you know, a freelance copywriter who makes, you know, $5 million a year from writing amazing copy, you know, and selling courses on copywriting, but he lives in, you know, Bali and is totally in Bali culture or whatever. And then you're reaching out to, you know, a, a nine figure real estate syndicator who lives in Kansas city, Missouri or something like that. You know what I mean? Like the, they probably don't know each other. The right. industries are too separate. They, they don't know they don't know each other. Whereas if you start with a certain industry, like maybe I mentioned before, like the podcasting industry and you get the, 
the John Lee Dumas to say yes, then, you know, the next person that you were reaching out to, Pat Flynn, he knows John and John knows Pat and they're really good friends. So I get a little bonus credibility when I reach out to Pat and I can mention that I had John on my show or, or whatever the request is that you built back in one of those earlier steps. Um, so, uh, so when you, when you start to, to reach out to that list, I always tell people like, try to get the people who kind of know each other because you're going to be able to check off a lot more people off of your list in a lot faster time period. Um, rather than just doing like this sporadic reach out where you're reaching across multiple industries and, um, and, uh, you know, because that person is not going to know the other person, which doesn't really help you if you get a yes. And it takes a long time to get a yes, especially that first yes. Um, so, you know what I mean? So you got to just be a little bit strategic about that, uh, when you start reaching out to those folks. That's good, man. That's a lot of great information. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love this first part about building your list. That's something that I skipped, especially early on that would really help somebody just getting started, not just in podcasting, but any space that you're going into so you can connect with those right people. So moving along to the second step again here, but I had one question there. When I first got started, I assumed the best way to reach out was to ask if I could pick someone's brain. Like literally those are the words I used when I first got started because I thought if people ask me that, and this is me just getting started, I wasn't busy, I had all the time in the world. Yep. I was really excited when people asked me that. So I assumed that the top of the industry would also feel the same way, but that wasn't the case because I literally never had anyone respond with a, oh yeah, sure, I would love to do that. I, I very rarely even got a response. <laughs> I really enjoyed people picking my brain, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the problem with this is that, um, it, it happens to be people's default because of a couple of things. The, the main thing though, is a lack of empathy or understanding for that person's time. You just, if you've never been really busy and you don't have a bunch of people reaching out to you all the time, then you don't know what it's like to be in that position. And people in that position get people like if they're popular enough for you to ask to pick their brain, then they probably have a bunch of other people also asking if they can pick their brain. And and the, the thing is, a lot of those people are really giving people. It's not like they're just, you know, jerks who hope you fail. You know what I mean? It's just like they literally don't have time to say yes to those requests or all they would be doing all day long is free phone calls with a bunch of people that allowing them to like pick their brain. And in my experience, like during like the come up part of the process, when you first start getting that question, you're like, you're kind of flattered by it, you know, like kind of what you were saying. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll do that. But then you start realizing really quickly why people who are really busy don't do that anymore because a lot of people jump on those, you know, pick your brain phone calls and waste your time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, they talk to you for 30 minutes and then six months later, they never did any of the things that you talked about that they asked you about specifically on that call. And they're in the same exact situation that they were in six months ago when you had the phone call to begin with. So it's like, not all people deserve to get, you know, the time with that individual to be able to pick their brain or whatever. But yeah, it's also never going to get you the result. It's just not like that. That again, that is only thinking about you. It's not thinking about the other person, which is what we we're talking about earlier. You have to get into the mind of that person. Think about think about that person's schedule when they're waking up today and they're looking through all of their to-dos, all of their tasks, and they have a family and they have kids that they need to spend time with and they have investors that they need to please and they have uh, you know, a board that they got to report to and then they're running this other knowledge business where they have some clients that pay them a bunch of money to get advice from them professionally. And then you just want to squeak through and get a bunch of free advice and maybe or maybe not apply it. Like you're just obviously not going to be at the top of the list for them to 
re- even respond to, let alone say yes to. Um, so you gotta you gotta go back to the drawing board and come up with a much much better, more meaningful request than can I pick your brain or can we get a virtual cup of coffee? Like what the hell does that even mean? You know what I mean? But, <laughs> Like right. what exactly, like, why am I, why is me saying yes to you, not a waste of my time? Like, that's kind of the question you got to answer. Mm. You know, you, you mentioned this and it's funny because for me, it was about three months into my podcast that I stopped answering the, can I pick your brain question? After that, I realized it was, a, it was a waste of time. So for anyone listening, Dan, you're trying to reach out to somebody. You have to find a different way to do that, which we'll get, actually get into in a second here. So again, we have build your list and then we have to build your request. And then the third thing is to reach out to your list. Now, to help the audience get a little bit of courage in doing this, can we quickly run through the five elements of an effective message that you have? Uh, yeah, sure. So th- these are things that I kind of just figured out um, after I had reached out to a bunch of people for interviews over the first, you know, uh, really over the f- full three years of doing my show. But um I I realized that sometimes I would get responses back to a certain message and sometimes I would not get responses back to another message. And so when I, that's kind of the cool thing about being in this space, Alex is like, you get an opportunity to reverse engineer why some of the things that you're doing are working. And so when I went through to build that course, I had to ask myself that question and genuinely study my own stuff. So I had to like pull up emails and reach out messages to all these other people that have told me no, that ignored me. And then also people that told me yes. And I had to look at like the similarities between the ones that said yes and, and, and the ones that said no, and then avoid the ones that said no and do more of the things than the ones that said yes. And so um, this came directly just from, you know, lots and lots and lots of testing. So the first thing is to lead with value. Um, when, when, when you're reaching out to somebody, you want them to feel some, some sort of significance or some sort of like feeling good about the interaction. So, uh, you're going to lead with a little bit of a piece of value there before always lead with something that's valuable to that person before you go in for an ask. Um, just always has better experience. It almost softens the blow a little bit when you're coming in saying like some nice things about them. So it doesn't necessarily mean like you're going to offer value. Like it's not like you're going to come in and be like, Hey, I'll give you free coaching. Also, can I have this? <laughs> you know what I mean, like that's not exactly what they're looking for. So again, you, 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 you this isn't a blanket statement because it's going to vary from person to person, even like what is valuable for that particular person in my industry, since I'm reaching out to a lot of, you know, influencer type people, the, the main piece of value that I lead with is something about their content, like something, something that they've done, something they've said, something they've put out, like something that like you did a really great job um, before we jumped on this of leading with value into the conversation of, of complimenting the work that we've put into our Instagram account. Like that right there is perfect for this type of leading with value. It's just something that you've realized that they are doing that you respect, you admire, you've learned something from, you've gotten some inspiration, like something that you can mention there. Never, ever, ever fake it. Cause I can like, uh, those people can smell it from my way. Same with me. I get, you know, uh, I don't know, a dozen or two requests a week for people to come on my show. And I can always tell when the first line of the, the, the email is like just an obligatory 
hey, I like your show. <laughs> right. Like, I actually am a fan of your show and I've listened to some episodes and here's this thing that I learned from this episode with so-and-so. That was amazing. Thank you so much for the content type of a thing. And then they get into the reach out. You know what I mean? So there's a, for sure a clear difference. Um, the other reason you want to lead with value here and mention something specific, not just a generality, is that you want them to know that you didn't just copy and paste this email and send it to 250 people. Like mm. You want them to know this is a personal reach out from me. So lead with value there. The next thing is give information. So you want to give a little bit of information about yourself, especially if it's completely cold reach out. Um, but I made the mistake when I first got started of like kind of expounding a little bit to say a little bit more of my story to hopefully intrigue people and pique interest. That they it got really long, didn't it? Yeah. And, and basically what happened is I ended up with, you know, by the time I was done and I did that on every step of this process. So by the time I was done with the email, you know, it was like freaking 300 words or it's like a mini essay or whatever. Right. <laughs> That's the opposite of, of, of how you want to get people's attention. If they have really a lot of demands on their time is just to send them a sea of black text into their inbox. Like it's just not going to be met with a positive response. Um, and they're probably not even going to read the whole thing probably just skim through it. So I basically just got used to saying like, Hey, my name is Travis Chapel. I run a top, you know, business show called build your network. And then I just hyperlink I always just hyperlink to more information. Give them hmm. the base amount of information that they need in the email to at least understand the context of the reach out that you're about to have, of the of the request that you're about to have. Give them the minimal amount of context required to make the request make sense. And then hyperlink to somewhere else. So I'll, hop, I'll, I'll hyperlink to my about page on my website or to my homepage on my website or something like that, that if they want to go down the rabbit hole, there's 450 episodes of Build Your Network. There's, you know, 100 YouTube videos and uh, a bunch of Instagram. Like they can go down the rabbit hole and learn about me as much as they would like to learn about me. But um, I'm not going to take up their time in their inbox to do that. Um, so I'm just going to give some quick information about what I'm about. Um, and then I'm going to quickly move into the uh, the meaningful request part of it. Uh, which is where you're going to insert the request that we talked about earlier. This is, again, why I recommend people have a podcast. Even if you don't intend on your show getting millions and millions of downloads and stuff like that and becoming a top show and making you ultra famous and all that kind of stuff, I, I just this one thing, just being able to reach out to people that would normally not give you the time of day, but they will give you the time of day if you have a podcast. Like That's mm -hmm. enough for me to tell people to like, hey, you should have a podcast no matter what. Smart. It's a really smart, smart uh, medium. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. If you're, if you're interested in building those connections, you got to have a podcast just for that, just for that reason. So you can reach out to people and have a really good, meaningful request to insert right there in that message part. Again, if you don't have that, then figure out what your meaningful request is, but it better be meaningful to them as well. There better be some sort of like value add aspect to the request. Um, uh, so for me, I'll insert my request to come on the show. And then number four is the offer credibility piece. And this is perhaps the most important part of all of this. Um, whenever you are going in for an ask, you your job is to make it as much of a no-brainer for that person to say yes. The mm -hmm. more thinking that they have to do, the more you've added another task to their already packed task list, right? So like, when I, you know, write out my task list for the day in the mornings and then start plowing through work and I'm feeling super accomplished, productive, and I get a couple emails from people that make me have to go do more homework and add another task to my list, like that's more like most, that's most likely in a, more of a no, like in the no category for me, right? So if you just give a punch in the face and credibility in the reach out, 
then it takes away a lot of the guesswork and they don't, they don't have to go do as much research on me. They don't have to reply back and ask for all these metrics on my show and my audience and my listeners and my downloads and my, and my ratings and my reviews. They don't, they don't really care about all that because there's too much credibility for them to even like give it a second thought. They see all the credibility and then they go, okay, great. You know, that's enough for me. Um, at the beginning, when you're first starting out, especially if your request is for a podcast or something, at the beginning, it's a little bit more difficult, obviously, to to do that. And I ran into the same issues. Obviously, I didn't have any those connections or whatever, but I would still mention something there because at least at bare minimum, even if they don't. So like for me, when I do the credibility piece, I basically list out all of the people that I know that they know that have been on my show. And I list out all of those names and I'll even give like a few people that are like, you know, well, this person's on the schedule, you know what I mean? So like in addition to all these people being on the show, here's a few people that have already been on, or here's a few people that are on the schedule for upcoming interviews, would love to add you to the lineup essentially. Um, and, uh, and so it's just a, it's just packed with credibility and, and, and makes my odds of getting them to say yes, a lot, a lot higher. And that's again, why I like the podcast so much is because the credibility that I'm offering has nothing to do with my resume or my ego. It has everything to do with the amazing people around me. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's like, it's, it's like a way to say, Hey, I'm credible and you can trust that I'm not going to waste your time without, you know, being an arrogant douchebag in their inbox. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. that, that's why I like that piece there. Um, is that it really allows you to have that connection uh, with folks and, and they, they pull that trust factor out. Um, so, so offer credibility there. Uh, again, it's going to be a lot more difficult if you're when you're first starting out and things. Um, and then if you aren't running a podcast, you're going to have to figure out what that means for you. Like if you're, you know, coach or consultant, okay, great. Put a couple of clients that you've worked in there. Again, if, if, if they don't recognize the people, it's not going to be as much credibility, but social proof is having some social proof is better than having no social proof. Um, giving people the idea or the um, uh, the sense that that most people are happy with their interaction with you is still a psychological principle that's going to do more favors for you than it uh, than it will detract from your message. So um, yeah. put a little bit of credibility in there, and then lastly, thanks in advance. I'm um, always leave with something like a. Uh, thank you in advance for taking the time. I know that your schedule is super busy, or something like that. I, I want. I want to thank people in advance for something that they haven't done yet because psychologically it just kind of creates this open loop in their head, like a task that they've been thanked for that they haven't, that they haven't done. And it might, anybody that's on the fence, right? Like this isn't going to be the thing that's going to triple your conversion rate. Right. But it, it, when you're reaching out to as many people as I reach out to and as uh, many like well-known people as I'm reaching out to anything that I can do to increase my odds of getting them to say yes by a few percentage points, you know what I mean? Like uh, over, over the course of 500 reach outs, you know, you might get an additional five to 10 people that you might not have gotten if you didn't use one of these little, you know, small tips and tricks type things. Um, so that, and those people might be enough to convince other people that may not have come on to come on now. Like you don't, it's such a small thing, but it's so easy to include that why not go ahead and put it in there? So um, th those are the five steps right there. Lead with value, um, give information, insert your meaningful request, offer credibility, and thanks in advance. Yeah, this is powerful, man. I think that really helps people with the third step because reaching out again can be the part that can be the most daunting, right? Obviously, you can build the list, you can build your request and be all excited about it, but then actually pressing send at whatever medium that's on can be difficult. But with these five steps you just shared, these five elements, that is so powerful, so helpful. So thank you for that. You did mention something a little earlier that I want to kind of end with here. 
It's that you mentioned that you have to follow up on the majority of these. Do you find that you should follow up within a certain timeline? Is it the next day? Is it a week later? Like, what do you find that works for the fruitful follow-up? Sure. I would say wait for a couple of days. Um, that the, the big thing to tell people is that there's a big, there's a big difference between being pushy, persistent and being professionally persistent. And, uh, one of them gets you results. The other one gets you blocked. So you definitely <laughs> want to be erring on the side of the professional persistence and not the, uh, the pushy persistence. Um, so don't clutter people's inboxes and don't message them every single day and things like that. Um, just be respectful. And, uh, I, I usually wait a couple of days and then after that one, I'll wait like another week. And then after that one, I'll wait another like two or three weeks. And then after that one, I'll just follow up consistently like once every four to six weeks or so. Um, so again, like it, it's enough for me to kind of just like stay in their inbox and put my email chain back up at the top of their inbox. And I always reply in the same email chain, um, you know, um, because I think that it shows them, you know, well, man, this is like the seventh time this guy has reached out. And, uh, and, and, but every time I'm reaching out though, I'm being extremely respectful. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything that's going to be derogatory or make them feel bad for having pushed off this opportunity to be on my show or anything like that. It's always very respectful. Um, I'm, I'm just like trying to, you know, share your message with my audience type of a thing. Um, in the, you know, and since the last time I reached out, I've been able, um, I've been blessed to be able to feature this person, this person, this person. I'll continue to add a little bit more credibility in there. Um, if they happened to already say yes previously and we just haven't scheduled, I'll always thank them at the end of that for saying yes so that it kind of reminds them of like, hey, I'm expecting this to still happen because a lot of people will say yes and then they just wait a few months. And if they wait long enough, people just will stop following up and be like, oh, I don't want to bug them. You know what I mean? Like if you tell me yes, like you told me yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have right. all license now to, you know, every few, and, and until you tell me no, like, hey, I changed my mind uh, or like, hey, I just don't have the time right now. If you tell me something, again, I'll be completely respectful of that and I'll do what you asked me to do because I want to be a professional. Uh, but uh, if you told me yes and you're just like, you know, not responding or being, or just pushing it off, then I'm going to just mention that. And like every four to six weeks, just going to shoot a quick follow-up and be like, Hey, thanks so much for agreeing to be on the show. My audience can't wait to hear from you. Um, again, just wanted to throw this up to the top of your inbox and make sure that we can get something scheduled. Uh, you know, let me know if you have some time in the next couple of weeks to, you know, have a conversation or something like that. Um, so you, you just gotta, you, you gotta be professional in your follow-up and just have couth, man, have class. You know what I mean? Don't, don't right. do to others what you wouldn't want done to you. Exactly. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, like be willing to be willing to just stay persistent. Like I'll literally put it on my calendar. People will be like, oh yeah, reach out in a few months. And I'll be like, okay, great. And I'll go a few months later in my calendar and I'll put it in my calendar as an event to reach back out to so-and-so. And, uh, cause you know, I, I'd forget about it, honestly, in, in between those times. Um, like the other day I, I just took like, I sent like seven or eight emails out to people who I had been having conversations with for like the past year just to be like, Hey, quick refresh, you know, let's throw it up to the top of the inbox again. Um, and, uh, and I, I wouldn't remember to do those things if I, if I didn't put a reminder in my calendar a few months later, but, um, it, it's such a long game, man. Like it, you, 
can't you can't expect everybody's going to especially when you get into interviewing really high level people or trying to connect with really high level people like odds are they probably don't have a time in their calendar to connect in the next 30 days they probably mm-hmm. don't have a time to connect in their calendar for the next 90 days so if you want to get a hold of those people you're it's a long it's a game it's a waiting game it's a long waiting game and you're gonna have to have some patience there but also be persistent in that follow-up 100% man. I love this. I have to say I learned a lot from from this these strategies that you use creating a brand. This is literally the framework for meeting your hero. Again, step one is to build your list. Step two is to build your request. Step three is to reach out to your list using the five elements of an effective message. And finally, the final step is for fruitful follow up. Keep with it. Consistency usually wins. So just keep up with it and be professional in the process. Well, Travis, thanks so much for sharing with us today and being the guest. I really appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. I'm so thankful that Travis was willing to share this five-step framework with all of us today. He truly is a person of value, and I trust that what you learned today is really going to serve you well as you begin reaching out to the people that you admire most. Quick side note about Travis. I have to say this as another podcast host. He has the best Instagram to follow in the podcasting space. Uh, Be sure to have a look at it. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. I believe that if you follow him, you will not be disappointed. Travis, thank you again for being a guest and sharing this wisdom with us today. I believe that all of us are more equipped to begin effectively reaching out to the people that we want to connect with the most. For links to Travis Chappell's two podcasts, his Instagram, and his website, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 071. Thank you as always for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week. Next week.